0: With it. And we'll begin in chapter 3 for just a text verse, and then I want to go out into chapter number 1. I appreciate uh, Pastor having us come up here again, and I believe this is my second trip. I hope it's not my first and last. I thought I'd throw that in there. And uh, I love him, and I appreciate your burden for the Lord, and I appreciate your integrity to the Word of God when you preach. You preach the Bible, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate him loving the sword and, and backing up Dr. Smith. I thought it's kind of funny. He said, you had the Brother Rice and Brother Hudson and Brother Smith. You could just cut them up. They've been done that way before, I promise you. And, uh, but thank you. And then Brother Fox, it's always a blessing. Uh, I just, we just have fun together, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like that laugh, man. That's awesome. And uh, I've been around some people. And I really think, I really do, I think this is their philosophy. I really do. Now, they've not said it, but I'm reading between the lines. The sadder I look, the more the power of God I'm going to have in my life. And I don't think that ought to be that way. The joy of the Lord. This lady came to Billy Kelly one time, she said, "I don't see nothing funny." He said, "Well, I look at you, I don't either." He said, if you my husband, I'd feed you poison. He said, if I was married to you, sweetheart, I think I'd eat it, amen. (laughs) And uh, he followed it up with this little statement. If you're looking for a place to cry and be sad, there are plenty of funeral homes and hospitals and graveyards and weeping places. So take advantage of a good smile every chance you get. Turn to, turn to somebody beside you and say, you look better with your mask on. Amen. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter number 3, very familiar. This know also, that in the last days, perilous, dangerous, violent, unprecedented, uncontrollable, perilous times shall come. How many believes with me this morning that day is here and that time is now? Beginning in verse 2, and I'm not going to read all of this, but beginning in verse 2 down through verse number 13, he identifies the times. He tells us what it's going to be like. He talked about the diabolical attitudes of people. He talked about the disobedient spirit of people. Then he talked about the deception that would be in the midst of these perilous times. And I believe we're in days of deception like never before. Political deception, moral deception, sad to say even religious deception. What bothers me, he begins in verse two, and before he gets to verse number thirteen, he's talking about society as a whole. But verse fourteen, he uh, verse thirteen, he includes the religious world, the deception that's in our religious world today. I am appalled at how little Bible some religious people that claim to be religious really know. And when they start quoting it, you know they don't know it. Because they'll say the Bible says. And man, it's some off the wall. Then when you say, well, where is it at? Well, it's in there. It's in one of them books in there. And brother, we are living in grave days of deception. I heard my dad preach Wednesday night, after Wednesday night, after Wednesday night, and I was a little old boy. The book of Daniel and the book of the Revelation. And Dad dealt one Wednesday night with a subject called strong delusion. How men would believe a lie quicker than they would believe the truth. And and Pastor I always felt like that. You know that would be maybe in my children's lifetime or my grandchildren's lifetime. Buddy, it is in my lifetime. It is in your lifetime. I can't imagine a man getting up and saying, if you vote me in, I'm going to raise your taxes. And people will do that. If you vote me in, I'm going to make it legal for every uh, kind of perverted thing in the world to be the law of the land. You'd never believe that. And now we've got people that stand in pulpits, now not Fundamental Baptist pulpits, but pulpits across America and say, well, the Bible may be true or it may not be true. Brother, it is true. It is absolutely true. And I believe we're living in days of strong delusion. But in verses 2 through verse number 13, he identifies these times. But beginning in verse number 14, I like this, he gives us some instructions for these times. He tells us what we are to do while we're in the midst of these perilous times. Look at verse 14. But continue thou. That in the Greek means keep on keeping on. That means no retreat. That means no regress. That means no giving up any territory to the enemy. But continue thou. What is God's church supposed to do in these days of strong delusion? Continue thou. What are God's people supposed to do in these days of social depravity? But continue thou. What are we supposed to do in these days of great deception? Continue thou. Continue thou. We have got to continue. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I hope you've gathered from that I'm not a recovering fundamentalist. And if I hear one more young squirt say he's got to reinvent fundamentalism, I'm going to scream. Our doctrine, our Bible, our practice, our messages do not need to be reinvented or reformed. They need to be shouted and preached from the housetop. But continue. And I love verse number 15. and That from a child. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Boy, I'm glad what we've got today is the Holy Scriptures. Get me stirred up right there. But, But thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. And what are the Holy Scriptures able to do? Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. What are we going to do in these days? How are we going to continue? We're going to continue with the Word of God that has brought us this far. I just believe this morning if the Bible is good enough to get me saved, it's good enough to keep me that way and see me through until the trumpet sounds. What are we going to do in these dark last days of deception and depravity? We're going to continue in the holy scriptures. We're going to stay with the book. We're going to stay with the Bible. We're going to keep singing it in our songs. We're going to keep singing it in our songs. We're going to keep singing it in our song. We're, We're going to keep teaching it in our lessons. We're going to keep preaching it uh, in our sermons. We're going to keep on practicing it in our daily life. For it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Praise God we hide its words in our heart that we might not sin against God. The Bible is enough. 1944, Mrs. Jones Wrote that great hymn in times like these and I want to say if Mrs. Jones thought in 1944 in times like these we need the Bible, in times like these oh be not idle be sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock if she thought it was that important in 1944 Brother Jew says in 2020 in times like these we need the Bible, in times like these oh be not idle be very sure, be very very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. And may I give a word of testimony. In times like these, I have a Bible. In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure, I'm very sure that my anchor holds and it grips the solid rock. Man, I'm enjoying this. We're gonna continue Thou, in the word of the living God because it made us wise unto salvation. I can't help but just commenting on this every time I read verse 15, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, all of this pandemic and all of the quarantine and all of the shutdown. I was in a meeting the other day and this pastor's wife said, oh, I've just loved this. Now, you ain't supposed to hit women But I wanted to smack her. I really did. And I did say, lady, you're stupid. And her husband agreed with me. I've not enjoyed anything about this. But I want to tell you what I've seen that's just tore me out of the frame. No Sunday school. No Sunday school. I've told our people for 36 years, pastor of the same church, the greatest form of child abuse is not bringing your children to Sunday school. And here we're having no Sunday school. You say, what's so important about that? The greatest way to methodically instill the principles of the word of God in the mind of a child is in that little Sunday school class. I'm thinking about my little Sunday school teacher in Ronald It's North Carolina, Mrs. Wilson. She was 87 years old when I was eight. And she's in heaven now. And boy, Sunday school with Mrs. Wilson. I was the pastor's son, so I had to behave. Because all my daddy had to do is say, "Miss Wilson, did Joe act right today? Oh, if she just kind of said, "Mm, mm," oh boy, he slapped me so hard. I thought the Liberty Bell cracked again. Amen. <laughs> but I love that little Sunday school class, and how many are you're, you're old like me? You, you remember old things, like I remember a phone book. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a payphone. Yeah. I remember a long play album. One of Ralph Sexton's grandkids found that the other day and said, look, Paul, Paul, I found the giant CD. <laughs> <laughs> but how many of you old enough? That, that Now, you know you're old if you remember the overhead projector. I'm going back further. You know you're old when you remember the flannel graph. Oh, yeah. Cut them little pictures out and stick them on that little piece of felt. And What I loved about Mrs. Wilson, I didn't appreciate it then, but That that little picture may have been of David with a sling in his hand or Moses with a staff in his hand or a little boy with a little basket of lunch in his hand, but somehow she got to the cross and somehow she got to Jesus. That's why when I went to that public school and they tried to indoctrinate me, I knew better because Miss Wilson and Jesus and the Holy Ghost had done got a hold of me. That from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, we need to get back in stealing the Word of God in the minds of men and women and boys and girls. Like all traveling preachers in the midst of the pandemic, we began to get cancellations. I got up to 55. And uh, one of the pastors that had to cancel the meeting, and I understand, but he made this statement. He said, if we had it, nobody would come. And not only that, those that will come, they won't listen. He said, we don't have the minds of the people. I said, brother, we better get the minds of the people because the devil will get their mind and politics will get their mind and, and evil seducers will get their mind. We better get back the minds of our people and continue thou in the word of God. it's not led us down this far and it's not going to start today and it will carry us through on to eternity. And somebody said, well, why is it so powerful and important? Because of verse number 16. And I love this. All scripture is given by, I love this, inspiration of God. The Greek word theopnoustius, which means the exhaling breath of God. How did the Bible get here? God breathed theopnoustia. God's breath gave us the book. All scripture is given by God inspiration, the exhaling breath of God. By the way, that's not the only time God said, all this earth was was a big chaotic mass and the Spirit of God upon the face of the waters. We have a beautiful world because God breathed it into existence. That was a little valley full of dry bones. God breathed on it and it stood a great, mighty, marching army. That was a little lump of clay that was made in the form of a man. And God said, and breathed in its nostrils and it became a living soul. The virgin was laying over there one night and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and breathed upon her. And nine months later, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Jesus laid in that tomb for three days and three nights. And early one Easter Sunday morning, the breath of God flows through that tomb again. And up from the grave he arose. And one day you and I were dead, doomed, deceived, lost, hell-bound sinners. And that same Spirit of God brooded over us and regenerated us. And we were passed from death and the life. And God impartated to you and I His love and mercy and grace and righteousness. And we have been born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the breath and the moving and the power of the Holy Spirit and the reason why we need to continue in the Word of God. It's God's breath. It's God's unction. It's God's Word. It's God's power. It's the only book in the world I know of. When you open it, the wind of God begins to blow. One Sunday morning before the pandemic We had a big crowd that day. Notice I said before the pandemic. Man, that place was full of people. And I got up like I have for years and years and said, open your Bible this morning to such and such. And to me, one of the sweetest sounds in all of the world. Let me illustrate it. Now, now, if you've got your iPad or your phone, it just don't work. Put your phone up. Hold your Bible out. Hold your Bible in your left hand. Now, when I tell you to, take your right hand and start turning. And it don't matter where you turn, because wherever you turn, it's true and good and right. Amen. If you even wind up in the maps, it's good. It'll show you where you're going. You ready? On your mark, get set. Ooh. Ain't that a beautiful sound? Let's do that one more time. You ready? On your mark, get set, turn. Oh, that congregation got to turning them pages. Now there's a little old boy sitting beside of his Mama. She said, Brother Joe, he looked up at me and went, Mama, listen to that. Sounds like rain sounds like it's raining. And she said, it's about to, sweetheart. (laughs) And when their preacher got through, it looked like I'd been out in the rain. What was that little boy saying? Man, when you open the Bible and the wind of God begins to blow and the rain of God begins to flow and the voice of God begins to speak, there's no other book like it on planet earth and in the midst of deception and depravity and darkness and all kinds of chaos. Continue thou, continue thou, continue thou with the book. It is the inspired, living, breathing, eternal Word of God. It's always worked. It still works, and it always will work. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And because of that, it says it is profitable. Man, you want something profitable? Continue thou, continue thou, continue thou. It is probable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Pastor, this is the greatest advice we've ever been given, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I was talking to a young man the other day, and he brought up this subject. He said, Brother Joe, who do you recommend young preachers today follow? I said, now run that, I'm I'm from Georgia, so I'm slow. Anybody here from West Virginia? Run that by me one more time. He said, who do you recommend that young preachers today follow? He said, who's the big guy we need to be looking to? And he named some people. He even named some personal acquaintances of yours and mine, and, and they're good people, and I love them, and I thank God for the work some of them have done. I, I think it's wonderful. And he said, tell me, Brother Joe, who do you recommend that, that we really look up to and lean upon and, and get our philosophy from? I said, uh, you ever heard of this uh, God? God? And he said, "Who?" I said, "God, the Bible." I said, "Let me ask you something." I said, "Do you?" And I named some great preachers. I said, "Do, do you think so and so is a great man?" Yes. I said, "Do you think so and so is a great man?" He said, "Sure." I said, "Do you think brother so and so is a great man?" He said, "Absolutely." I said, this brother over here, do you think he's a great man? He said, sure. I said, who made him great? He said, God. I said, right now, boy, you're batting a thousand. And I said, have you ever thought about this? I said, get your Bible. Go off into thicket somewhere and get a hold of the same God that made Him great, that gave Him wisdom, that gave Him instruction, that gave Him power. And I'm telling you, the God that blessed our forefathers and the God that's blessed great men is still able to bless you and I. We just got to continue continue. No retreat, no backing up, no giving up, but it's on with Christian soldiers marching us to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. There's glory in my soul since Jesus took control and he put within me a happy song. What is that happy song? Press on. It won't be very long. Press on. It won't be very long. Let's stay faithful. Let's keep preaching. Let's keep singing. Let's keep soul it. Let's Let's stay with what's brought us here till the trumpet sound. How you're not going to face these last days. We're going to continue. And I'm glad we've got something to continue with. The word of the living God. He identifies the times. He gives us some instructions for the time. And he gives inspiration for the time. What is it? The Word of God. Now what I love about the Brother Paul, I love it. I I ain't got all day to preach to this whole book but I'm enjoying it. What I love about Brother Paul, he not only taught and preached by exhortation he taught and preached by example. Paul's life lined up with everything he ever preached. You say, well, how did it work out him telling that young preacher, continue, continue, continue? Well, let's look at the last chapter. Chapter number four. Well, glory. Start in verse number six. Let's see if the preacher practiced his own preaching. Let's see how it fleshed out in his own heart and in his own life. He is telling those young preachers, continue, continue, continue. Stay with it. No backing up. No retreat. Continue. Stay with it. Well, how did it work out in his own life? By his own example, by his own testimony. Come down to verse 6 of chapter 4. For I am now ready. That's the third time Paul has said that in his writings. The first time he said it, he said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. The second time he said it, I am ready to go to Jerusalem bound or unbound. Now he said, I am now ready. I'm now ready to be offered for the time of my departure is at hand. I love A.T. Robertson's word picture on this. He said, The word pitcher is a sailor that's getting ready to take the final step off the pier onto the boat to pull up the anchor and cut the rope and sail to the other side. Oh, Paul said, I'm about to take my final step. The rope is about to be cut. The anchor is about to be lifted. And I'm about to set sail for the other shore and Paul said you know what I'm ready he said but before I leave I want to leave a little word of testimony and example I verse 7 I have fought a good fight somebody asked my daddy one time said, have you been fighting a good fight he said I don't know about that but I've been in a good fight I have fought a good fight Let me ask you this morning, does that that sound like he practiced what he preached? Does that sound like he did exactly what he told Timothy in chapter 3 that he ought to do? He said, continue thou, son, continue thou, son, continue thou, son, stay with it, boy. And the last thing he says before he leaves this world, I fought, I fought, I fought a good fight. Number two, I have finished my course. That sounds like to me, Brother Fox, he practiced what he preached. He not only told Timothy by exhortation, continue thou, continue thou, continue thou, but he lived it. He fleshed it out. He lived it. He did it himself. By example, I finish my course. Brother, his course was not an easy course. You read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he enumerates what all was in his course, shipwreck, stonings, beatings, in peril on the land and on the sea, robbers, thieves by his own countrymen. He knew what it was to be cold and hungry and naked and thirsty. He knew what to have and what not to have. And And he said, Besides all of that, that was without, that was upon me daily, the care of all the churches. His course was not easy. His course was difficult. He had problems. He had storms. He had afflictions. He had enemies. He had critics. He had challenges. But yet he not only could tell that young preacher to continue. He said, I did it. By God's help, I did it. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. He lived out what he told the young preacher to do. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Boy, I love this. And I have kept the faith. I know Al Gore hadn't invented the internet back then. And I know it was not modern times. But pastor, I've just got this confident feeling in my soul that if Paul was alive today with all of the modern inconveniences, you would never hear him on an internet podcast apologizing for being an old-fashioned preacher and believing the Bible. And I just want to say to the reformers, to the reclaimers, or the re- what, whatever you call yourself, you were either right then or you're wrong now. And I'm here to tell you, Paul said, I kept the faith. There are some things that are not up for debate nor discussion. The Holy Scriptures, the infallibility, the Word of God, that is not up for debate or or discussion. The Bible always has been, and it still is the Word of the living God. And Jesus is the virgin-born Son of God, and He physically, clinically died and shed His blood. And yes, sir, brother, three days later, bodily, physically... Literally, up from the grave he arose with a mighty power of his foes. And that's not the last time you've seen it. He's coming again. And there is a heaven to gain. And there is a hell to shun. And God is still right. That cannot be given away. He kept the faith. He not only told him to do it, he said, I did it myself you say, well, Brother Joe, do you think it was worth it? Well, glory, look at verse number 8. Henceforth, I like that. Oh, there was a course. There was a conflict. There was a cross. Oh, but in verse 8, henceforth, there is laid up for me. A crown of righteousness. Paul, was it worth it? Fighting the good fight of faith. Finishing, staying your course. Holding dear and keeping the embodiment of, of our faith. Was it worth it? He said, yes, yes. Because when I cut the cord... I'm about to enjoy my own preaching, man. When I cut the cord and lift the anchor and I, I set sail and when I get to the other side, there's something waiting on me, a crown of righteousness. And Paul said to that young preacher, he said, now I told you to do it and I showed you by example that I did it and I got, and I got me a crown for doing it But he said son you're not going to get left out either. Here's this right here ought to make a presbyterian kick the back end of the the robe out. There was laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord Brother Byron I love this the righteous judge shall give me at that day Read the rest of it out loud with me. And not to me only. Timothy, I told you to continue. And I did continue. And I'm going to get a crown for continuing. And I'm telling you to continue. And you're not going to be left out. It's not only worth it for me. It's going to be worth it for you. And not to me only. Read it with me. But unto all them also. That love is appearing. If you'll fight a good fight. And finish your course. And kept the faith. There is a crown. It will be worth it all. To be faithful. And to be a good soldier finish our course I was in Chattanooga Tennessee when all of the pandemic began to set in on that Friday and that's when they declared the national emergency and things began to shut down to a crawl I finally got back to the house and sitting there looking at my wife and she's looking at me and I don't know what to say and she don't know what to say and I start crying and she starts crying because I know what it's about to do to our economy, to our business people, and our churches. And I knew that there would some people would die from it. And I've preached more funerals than I want from people that died of the COVID. And as we sat there and looked at each other, we knew what was coming. And I began to cry and she began to cry. She and I, Brother Baron, have been married 36 years. We've been blessed. We've had a great life. If we both went home today, man, we have had the time of our life. We took that little church in 1984. She was 19 and I was 22. You say, why did they call y'all? They couldn't get nobody else. <laughs> and I found out in life, when you're, when you're all somebody's, when you, all some, when you all somebody has and they can't do no better, praise God. I mean, you know what I mean? When you're better than nothing, you'll be surprised at the opportunities you'll get. <laughs> We've had a wonderful journey. But we sat there and we thought about our four little granddaughters. Our four little granddaughters. Age four, three, two, and one. They're all blonde headed. They're all have blue eyes. And they're all are high strung like their grandmother. (laughs) Brother Latin, when they come to our house, it's like the zoo and the circus collide. (laughs) Now I know why old people ain't supposed to have babies. You know, old people like me, you go, hey, now go see your mama. Let me tell you what I do right before they come get them. I feed them Coca Cola and candy and ice cream and jack them up and send them home with their parents. And go, hey. I ain't quite got to laugh down, but I'm working on it. We got to thinking about our little grandbabies what kind of world are they going to live in what kind of nation are they going to have will they even have a church what kind of freedoms will they have And with tears strolling down my eyes I looked at Ms. Arthur and I said baby all I know to do is keep on doing what we've been doing We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on preaching the word of God. We're going to keep on teaching our children and their children the word of God. We're going to keep on being soul winners. We're going to keep on loving the homeless and loving the poor. Praying for our leaders. We are going to do what we've always done. Continue thou. Continue thou, And while I was sitting there, the third stanza of amazing grace began to flood the avenues of my soul. Through many dangers, as and snails, I've already come. Tis grace and has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead us on. I want to have you agree with me today in the affirmative that God has never failed you up to this point. If you don't, if you believe with all of your heart, God has not failed you up to this point, raise your right hand. And I me to believe with all of your heart. He's not going to fail you from this point to eternity. Raise the other hand. Well, while you got them up, cross them real quick and say, Well, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. woo <laughs> What we're going to do in the last days, we're going to continue. What we're going to do in the midst of a pandemic, we're going to continue. What we're going to do in the age when the world seems to be falling apart, we're going to continue. We're going to continue because our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And Jesus is still Lord and he's not been dethroned and the blood has not lost its power and the Holy Spirit is still in business and the Bible is still true. Our anchor holds (laughs) and grips The solid rock. Oh boy. I can't sing anymore much. I've ruined my voice. Preaching like a wild man every night of my life. But the Bible does say make a joyful noise. So here goes my joyful noise. Just do me a favor. It won't hurt you. Just act like you enjoyed my singing, will you? You say, well, it won't be true. God will forgive you. Just act like it. Press on, it won't be very long until we reach that land of song. In heaven some sweet day, I'm going there to stay. Press on, it won't be very long. In the words of the Burns Trio that sang at Greer Cap Meeting for 62 years, Oh, when I see Jesus smile, hear him say, Well done, my child, it'll be worth every mile of the trip. Like a happy pilgrim who's arrived on the shore and forgot how the waves tossed his ship. If I can see Jesus smile, hear him say, Well done, my child, it'll be worth every mile of the trip. amen Amen. you say brother Joe that's just too country for me I just can't take that old country kind of singing I like it proper brother Fox I've been practicing I've been practicing till the next time I preached in one of them proper churches they would let me sing my little song can I practice on you before I go If I can see Jesus smile, hear him say, well done, my child. It will be worth every mile of the trip. Woo! That's my Lonnie Moore impersonation. Hey, I'm telling you today, don't turn back. Don't give up. Heaven's ahead. The crowd awaits. Jesus is coming and we're too near home to turn back now. Continue now. Stay with it. It'll stay with you until we hear the trumpet sound. Our Father in heaven, we love you today. Oh God in the midst of pressure, the blowing winds of compromise, may we stand for you unashamedly with power and strength in the anointing of God and authority saying I shall not be moved. Help us Lord today to continue thou. Continue thou. Help us to keep preaching the gospel. Help us to keep winning souls. Help us to keep encouraging discouraged believers. Oh God, may we sign up, dive in, go all the way until we hear the trumpet sounds. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Let's stay-